0: you for downloading this message from our father's house. The honor to stand behind this pulpit again and bring the word of God. It's I mean I love preaching but I feel so humble because apart from God I can do nothing. Without his presence you can't preach, you can't sing. You can't evangelize nothing in the kingdom. It is worthless if you don't have the presence of God. And the joy of seeing a soul saved, it's the greatest thing in the kingdom of God. And the Bible says over one soul, heaven rejoices. But I believe there's more than one soul in this place today that's going to give their heart to God. I want more souls than ever before. To be saved I believe there's some people that's going to be set free The awesome thing about Christianity When you surrender to God You actually get free In Christianity Freedom comes, comes From surrendering yourself to God When you surrender That's when you have life more abundantly I believe that chains of alcohol are going to break today because nothing in, in this world can satisfy you. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, All is vanity under the sun. Nothing can satisfy you but God. Nothing but His presence can satisfy you. That drop of pornography can't satisfy your eyes. Nothing of this world can catch your attention like God. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 3. And I want to read verses 1 through 7. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and leather leather girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins, Verse 7 says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. God, I pray that your people would hear your voice and not mine. I pray that you would clothe me with humility. I pray that your conviction would be in this place if there is any person in here that does not know you as their Lord and Savior. I pray that by the end of today they would give their hearts to you, God. In your precious and holy name I pray, amen. amen. And uh, what I want to talk about, and this was a word the Lord gave me a while back, is talking about preparing the way of the Lord, preparing a highway for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to their, to return. And to prepare a highway, you got to resurface the ground. And that means we need to get our spiritual life right with God where it needs to be. We got to get our prayer life where it should be. We shouldn't be limiting our prayer life to five and 10 minutes a day. God's looking for people to say, I want you. We got to show God how bad we want him. I got to show him that I want him more than anything else. I got to show him I want him more than anything that this world has to offer. Then you got to like, Lay the pavement and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not a very... I'm not the working type physical labor. Uh, My dad is a witness to that. So if I mess up with all this pavement stuff, uh, it's it's all on me. But you got to declare the truth of God's word. And then last, they finish the lanes. They paint the lanes. And you... In the kingdom of God, we got to stay in our own lane, spiritually speaking. We have to be who God has called us to be. Not everybody is called to sing. Not everybody is supposed to be a missionary. We get, sometimes we get upset because we think God placed the wrong calling on our life. He knows you better than you do. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He's perfect. He knows what your calling and your places in the kingdom of God. It's time for us to quit second-guessing God. And in these verses, it talks about the one preparing the way in a wilderness. And what I like about that is, you know, in America, we are in a spiritual wilderness. Spiritually speaking, it's like wilderness. It's like you got pockets, but overall, it's like it's spiritually dying. Because we're losing our morals and things like that. But I believe there's a generation, I believe there's a... People that's going to rise out from the wilderness. Even when it looks like it's too religious for revival like our area. I believe there's going to be some people that's going to break through denominations. Because I'm tired of being separated from my Baptist brothers and sisters. I'm tired of being separated from my holiness brothers and sisters. I want unity in the kingdom. Because that's when you will see a generation preparing the way of the Lord. When we say, let's get rid of denominations. Let's get rid of religious barriers. Let's just advance the kingdom of God. And, you know, it talks about John the Baptist just having camels hair and stuff like that. And, you know, people in our region, they may not seem like they have a lot financially or anything like that, but John the Baptist, it seemed like he didn't have much, but he prepared the way of the Lord. He prepared the way of Jesus I believe that no matter how bad our financial situations are, no matter how many businesses that are leaving this area, I agree with Pastor Odie and Justin that the presence of God is what's going to employ people. The presence of God is what's going to bring jobs. And once we get past all this denominational stuff and we say, okay, let's just expand the kingdom of God. Let's get Jesus to the poor people. Let's preach Jesus to the poor people. Then you will see the last great outpouring. That's when you're going to see the drug addict set free. That's when you're going to see the alcoholic saved. That's when you're going to see your lost family members come to know Jesus. Because once you get past yourself in the kingdom, Once you get past your selfish thought, your selfish realm of thinking, and you get the revelation that it's about Jesus, that it's only about Him, that's when you're going to see souls saved. Because you can't save anyone in the kingdom. You cannot save anyone. You can be a witness and God can use you, but you're not the one that actually saved them. You didn't die on a cross like Jesus did. Do you understand that what Jesus went through, we would... I know people say that, yeah, I would do that too. But you don't really understand what he did. You don't understand that he was stabbed, that he was spit on, that his clothes were gambled. He went through so much. It's more than what you can comprehend. And in this time and hour, we need some forerunners in the kingdom to rise up. We need some forerunners that's going to get past everything else. We need some trailblazers that, trailblazers that's going to make a way for the king of kings. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Matthew, that verse in Matthew 3, 4 says, And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. And this is a picture of how concentrated John was, how he was holy at heart how he was different. His clothing also, even though, you know, some people may say, well, it represents humility. It does, but it also represents how he was dedicated to God. He was sanctified for service to God. He was separated. He was not conformed to this world. And we have too many Christians that believe they can be half and half. That don't work. You're luke you can not be lukewarm. You're you're either in this thing with everything within you, you're totally in or you're out. We gotta preach, we gotta live the way we preach. If if we don't preach and live that way, then it's fruitless. It's worthless. We have to live out the word of God. That's such an important walk with revival, how do we expect a revival when we still have pride, when we still think it's all about us, when we still think it's all about our church? You ain't going to see revival until you get past the small things. We, we try to push things to the side, and over time, they get huge, and we're like, where did this come from? It's time for the people of God to grow up spiritually. We need to grow up and quit fussing about every little thing about who sings, about who sings the most song, about who preaches the most, and just say it's about Jesus. We need to get past our selfish way of thinking and surrender our plans and our dreams and our agenda to God. John had a lifestyle of holiness. It's not the way you dress that makes you holy. It's the way you live. Yes. We get, In this area especially, we get caught up thinking holiness is the way we dress. We see somebody dress and we say, well, they look holiness. They look like they're holiness. No, that is that means nothing if they ain't living holy. That means nothing if they're not living out the word of God. It means nothing if somebody that goes to a holiness church and dresses that way and they're really just conform to this world and they're mixing their stuff in with the world. And then they try to look holy on Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday night and so forth on every church service. And uh, I was talking about how holiness, it shouldn't make us proud and make us think we're better than everyone, at, everyone else but it should make you humble. And Mark 1, 7, it says, talking about John the Baptist, it said, And preach, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latch of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. John the Baptist understood the greatness of Christ. He understood how awesome God was, he understood how worthy how holy God was yes. depart from God we can do nothing like I said in the beginning when, you know people can start out humble, they can start out fine, they can start out in a prayer life and over time they may say well I can do this thing by myself it's more about me, it's about my ministry and everything else but it's not it's not like that our minds are so little. We can't even comprehend how awesome God is. You don't understand the greatness of Christ. We're not even worthy to loose his shoes. That's what John the Baptist said. And to me, once once you get to thinking about that, think of what an awesome God you serve. Think of how awesome that is to serve Sir, some there's a God that loves you so much you're not worthy to unloose, unloose his shoes but he loves you enough to die for you all right, all right, all right. I didn't deserve Jesus to die for me but he loved me that much he loved me so much that he wanted to spend eternity with me he sent his son Jesus so he could spend eternity with me. That's the love of God. No matter how undeserving we look at ourselves, he looked at us and said, I want to spend eternity with them. I want, I want them to spend their, the rest of their lives with me. I want to commune and dwell with them every single day of their lives. In Matthew three seven, it talked about the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to John's baptism, and holiness shouldn't only make us humble, should it? But it should make us bold too. We shouldn't be afraid to admit that we're going to live this thing out for Jesus till the end. We shouldn't be afraid to admit that even if we're the only saved person in an, in a group of people that you might hang out with in your school or at your job, I want to be vocal. That I am living for Jesus. I want to be vocal. That I am taking a stand for the kingdom. I want to be vocal. That I am trying my best. To push the kingdom of darkness back. We need to be able to look things in the eye. For what they really are. In the kingdom. We need to really see religious spirits. For what they are. They kill revival. Religious spirits. They just dry up. Pockets of revival We need to be able to stand up against that stuff We don't need to be afraid We need to go that know that God is with us And that we have to put a stop to all this little stuff We have to put a stop to it In order to see Jesus lifted up in our area We have to break the bonds of poverty We have to get past selfish thinking And we're going to have to get past negative speaking and everything else that is not with this Word of God, everything that's not in alignment with this Word of God, we're going to have to take a stand to it. And the reason that you see stuff like this happening is because every Christian thinks another Christian's going to stand up so I don't have to. Now, if one Christian stood up, that's all right. But imagine how powerful it would be if every Christian stood up. Imagine if the church got united and said, okay, we're going to stand up. We've had enough of this. I've had enough of poverty in my region. I've had enough of all these religious spirits in my region. I've had enough of the devil having his way in my school, in my home, and in my state, and in my nation. We're ready to turn this nation around for God. Matthew three six, if you go back, it talks about and Matthew three six it says, and were baptized of him in Jordan confessing their sins, and Mark one five says, And there went and went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And this tells us that John, you know, he preached with conviction, that he spoke with conviction. It, it's so important for us to allow conviction in our, in our churches we, we expect the Holy Spirit to come in and drop conviction at the doorstep That's his job to convict people Without conviction there's really no way of responding to the call There's no way of responding to God When he's speaking to you, when he's tugging at your heart there's not a real way to respond when there's no conviction. And the church, we get caught up thinking conviction should will make them feel comfortable and we're concerned about making them feel comfortable. But really, we need to make sinners feel loved and not comfortable. That's two different things, making them feel comfortable and making them feel loved. Some churches get that mixed up. Making them feel loved, we just got to show the love of Jesus. We got to show them that God loved them so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for them. That's showing, that's making them feel loved. Talking to them, calling them up sometime. If they're not at church, call them and checking on them. When they're, If somebody's in the hospital, go and see them. That's what Christianity is about. It's about really living out this thing. Matthew 11, 6, it says, blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And Matthew 11, it's talking about suffering for righteousness. And that verse I just read, it's just saying we got to keep on going. We have, even when it may seem tough, and even when persecution is coming, and even when the enemy is throwing everything that you can possibly think, when you feel overwhelmed, we just have to keep on going. We have to continue walking this thing out. We have, con- we have to continue digging deep in the Word. We have to continue praying. We have to continue fasting. That's what this thing is about. When, when the going gets tough, we just got to keep on pushing, keep on going. Because I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than to stand with the world and be judged with God. If you have God, you have everything. And I do not want to lose that precious relationship with God. I do not. That's like my top priority is my relationship with Jesus. That is the one thing that I want to keep forever. Because that's how you're going to get to heaven through a relationship. Just coming to church don't make you saved. We got to understand that Christianity requires a relationship, intimacy with God. And uh, I know it's short, but I want the worship team, if you would, please come up. And uh, I want to read one more verse from Isaiah. and Isaiah 6, verses 5 through 8. Verse 5 says, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6 says, Then flew one of the seraphims into me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from, from off the altar. And he, said, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go forth? Then I said, Here, I, here am I, send me. Yes. We need to say yes to the call of God on our lives. We need to say yes. I want to be a forerunner. And this, like I said, that's the last verse I want to read before I open the altar. And this altar call, if you want to be a forerunner in your school for revival, if you want to be a person that makes the way for awakening and a revival in your school, this is for you. But I want to talk about the people that are lost. That don't know Jesus. As I said earlier, there's no greater joy than to see a lost soul saved. I don't care how long it's been, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care if it's your first time here. I don't care if you've been here before, if you've came here ever since you were a child. This is for the youngest to the oldest. (laughs) The Lord has kept in my spirit surrenderance. I can't stress that I want you to surrender everything to God. Even if you're saved, there's always areas we can improve on and surrender more at. But for the person that's not saved that don't know Jesus, he loves you so much. Jesus died on the cross just so you could live in eternity with him. So you could escape from hell. this is altar for whenever you want to come up you can come up I just want to say a few more things I want you to understand the love of God when you give it all such a joy inside through through every hurt in this world that you've gone through if you would just turn it over to Jesus your family may be saved this might be your first time here but do you understand that when you surrender it all to Jesus there's such joy there's such peace You'll feel the love like never before. And I want to invite you to this altar to say, come and lay it all at the feet of Jesus. Come and give it all to Jesus who died on the cross just so you could spend eternity with Him. I don't know if this is for anybody, but if you're not saved, I want to stress surrenderance to you. And in closing, I do want to pray. And as I'm praying, you can come to this altar. But if you want to be a forerunner, if you really want to see revival, this altar call is for you. If you really want to surrender everything to God, if you really want to come to know Jesus, this is all this altar call is about. is surrendering surrendering everything and making a way for God dear heavenly father I thank you for this day God I pray right now God that you would show up as God of breakthrough The hearts of the lost God. If there's any person in this place that needs healing physically, emotionally, God, I pray that you would show us that you are healer. I pray that someone would surrender everything. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would convict them, Father let salvation reign in their lives God by your spirit draw us God i pray that this word would be for somebody that it would convict someone i pray that you would change the hearts of your people God in your precious and holy name i pray I ask that salvation would come in this place. Let restoration come in this place. In Jesus' name, let it be done, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. about All Fathers House or upcoming events, please log on to www.allfathershouseky.com.